traffic jams, tailgating, pileups. Ugh, the joys of driving. How could it get worse? The federal government wants to have a say in what you drive. That's right. The Biden administration's EPA is pushing mandates that would ban two out of every three vehicles on the road today. Don't let Washington become your backseat driver. Protect the freedom of driving your way. Visit energycitizens.org. Paid for by the American Petroleum Institute. In the squadron, they called him bullets. But we call him Greg Kelly. Greg Kelly is on the air on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Hey, good for Zelensky. He can... uh... He can get over here in the middle of a war. I like that. Uh, but I, you know what? At some point, I'm sorry. I just, when is this thing going to end? Uh, he's going to be with Joe Biden today. We're talking about Zelensky, the guy in the green T-shirt from Ukraine. Hey, we're rooting for Ukraine. Um, just a quick reminder, this would not have happened had Donald Trump remained president of the United States. Everybody understands that. Everybody. Guy in the street. Eggheads at the think tank. Everybody understands that there is no way that Vladimir Putin would have invaded Ukraine uh, had Donald Trump been around. A couple things happened. Number one, well, Biden gets in there. He's weak. Cognitive abilities, totally shot, bumping into walls, just dizzy. And he loses Afghanistan. And Biden and Putin meet. And Putin's like, I can take this. I can take this Yankee. This Yankees go home. You finished. I take Ukraine. He. Um, that's what the position we're in right now. It's be, it's Joe Biden's fault. And fascinatingly, Joe Biden's going to be on the world stage again today with Putin. They're, I'm sorry, with um, Zelensky. They're going to have one of those joint press conferences. They're both going to come out, take questions from the press, and nobody's going to bring this up. <laughs> uh, there's there's just so many things you can't say anymore. It's like China. It's like the Chinese uh, Communist Party, you know, and they're they're all organized and they're up there in rows and rows and rows at their Communist Politburo and the media. They only ask sanctioned questions, questions that they're allowed to ask. It's the same thing here. It's the same situation here. How is it that Joe Biden now has been president for two years and not one person Not one person in the media will ask him about the Hunter Biden laptop. (laughs) Now that we know it's true, and now that it seems to indicate that you were doing business, uh, at least aware of what your son was doing, care to comment? I mean, you know, it's something, something. When do we become so polite? When do we become so in awe of power? Maybe when they started using it against us? I I don't know. I don't know. There's, It's fundamentally un-American. And the FBI, the CIA, the deep state, the security apparatus, oh, man. You know, I always assumed, like everybody else, that they're doing a good job, that they're, you know, good people fighting for a cause. And then it, they started to pretend like we work for them. You know, like the men and women of the Central Intelligence Agency, the men and women of the FBI, their integrity, unquestioned integrity. No, I think we now can question it uh, because we have proof that, well, they don't have much of it. Uh, the two richest men in the world have confirmed to us that the FBI and the CIA are totally in league with Democrats. And they did whatever they could to hurt Trump and to help Joe Biden. Um, how much more confirmation? I've seen the emails now. I've seen the documentation. 
And I've heard it from them. I've heard it from Elon Musk, and I've heard it from Mark Zuckerberg. These guys are not on the same page in terms of um, you know ideology or anything like that. But they both agree that the FBI, uh, they've said it publicly, screwed around with the last election in 2020. They buried that laptop. They knew it was authentic. They lied about it. Not only that, they they knew it was coming because they had Rudy Giuliani, our friend, right down the hall. They had Rudy Giuliani under surveillance for going all the way back to 2019. They knew he had the laptop, and they knew he was trying to get people to pay attention to it. Wall Street Journal, thank God, the New York Post. You know, they're still, quite frankly, wetting their pants, excuse me, over there at CNN because one of their producers was kicked off of Twitter. They're having segments. Anderson Cooper is just beside himself. Oh, my God, this is a threat to democracy. Elon Musk would take one of our producers off of Twitter. They kicked the oldest and best newspaper in America off of Twitter, and nobody gave a damn. The New York Post. How about that? These are these are horrific scandals. And there are so many people. By the way, you are different because you are listening to this show. You listen to other shows. You don't uh, – you read – if you rely on the New York Times and NBC News for your worldview, and most a lot of people do, especially in New York, you're not going to know what's going on. You're going to uh, – you have been manipulated. You've been lied to. They're manipulating you. Pretty fascinating story, actually, in the, uh, in the Times today. It's fascinating because it's written on the side of um, those drag queens who want to read to kids – I have absolutely no problem with anybody who wants to dress up as anything they want. All right? Men can dress up as women. Women can dress up as men. You can dress up as a football player. You can dress up as an astronaut. You can dress up as I, whatever. I, I, I Yeah, I, all right, bring it. Sure. But leave the kids out of it, right? I mean, obviously, you don't do that in schools. Obviously, you don't do that in libraries. No, it's not so obvious anymore. The left actually is promoting that. They want that. They love that. And if you say, uh, no, this is not right, you're somehow a homophobe. You're a transphobe. You are guilty of LGBTQ hate. You know who I love right now? Uh, what's it called? Gays against groomers. Gays against groomers. These are fabulous people from all over the country. Most of them are LGBTQ, but they're adults. And they engage in consenting behavior activities with other adults. And they know that children should not be involved in this stuff. It's amazing that this is somehow, I feel like a uh, an insurgent. You know, it feels dangerous to be talking about this from my perspective. Eric Adams, remember, anytime uh, some Upper East Side socialite tells me, oh, you know, he's really trying. He's a really impressive man. You know, he just, he's so impressive. Why? Because he wears starched white shirts. Why? Because he's not fat? Why? What's so impressive about him? You know, it actually tells me something about you, Upper East Side Socialite, if you're impressed by him. It tells me that you don't have much in the way of expectations of uh, certain individuals. But he's wearing a white shirt. He looks so He looks so good. So, do you understand what I'm saying? You shouldn't be too impressed with that. If you are impressed with that, that means that, I don't know, maybe there's a little uh, a little bigotry afoot. Maybe you didn't realize that people wore nice white shirts uh, who don't look like you. Maybe you're a little bit like um, Adam Kinzinger. Adam Kinzinger was a little bit too impressed with Cassidy Hutchinson. Hey, they're playing Cassidy Hutchinson all over again. I played it last night. I'm always a little bit ahead. 
She's one of the January 6th star witnesses who didn't know anything, uh, kept on repeating stories after stories that she heard from some guy named Tony, from some guy named Bobby, some guy named Bill. They're all telling her this stuff. Why are they all telling Cassidy this stuff? Could it have something to do with Cassidy's long legs? I think it does, actually. Cut 25. I remember him saying, all right, something to the effect of how much longer does the president have left in his speech? In my conversations with Mr. Hirschman, he had relayed that we would be foolish to include language that had been included at the president's request. Mr. Cipollone and I had a brief... Well, it goes on like that. Um, What some guy said. That's called hearsay. It's all hearsay. And they're playing her again all day long. Somehow they're portraying her as the hero of January 6th. She did everything she could. She's got so much bravery. Uh, It's all because... What are they doing now? In in a couple of minutes, they're going to release yet another January 6th report. Or this is the January 6th report. You see how they're dragging this thing out up until the very end, up until they go away. Here's Adam Kinzinger, outgoing congressman from Illinois. All this betrayal of your party has not led to uh, any opportunities for you in the political realm. I think he was hoping that he'd be uh, you know, somehow anointed a U.S. senator, but now he's going home. Why is he so impressed with Cassidy Hutchinson, and why does he make such a big deal uh, about her age? Where the hell is that? Let me um... All right. Mm, why don't you try, do me a favor, cut 26. Cassidy Hutchison will go down in history as a hero, and she never sought to. She's just a young woman telling the truth with more courage than the vast majority of men in politics today. Cassidy Hutchison, 25, 26 years old. Sarah Matthews, about the same age. Caroline Edwards, the Capitol Police officer. Um, have more courage combined than probably every Republican man in the U.S. House of Representatives and Senate. I think some of the things that Cassidy Hutchison, who, by the way, is a brave American, you know, 25, 26 years old. 25, 26 years old. What difference does that make? What's his name? Kinzinger is only is 30-something. What does he have a thing? I think he's got the hots for 25, 26-year-old women. Not exactly. Uh, doesn't make him unique. Sorry. Why, why does he keep saying that? It has nothing to do with anything. It's all about optics, though. In America, it's all about what you look like. It's all about presentation. It shouldn't be. It's about what it's about what you have to offer. It's about substance. Should be at least, right? No. Um, that's why they pick guys like Michael Fanone, fake hillbilly cop. Cut twenty-eight. The indifference shown to my colleagues is disgraceful. Wow. Did you hear his southern accent? There's no way some, uh, I mean, there's no way Ted Cruz can take him on or Mike Lee with that southern accent, right? You can't take him on. He's a cop and he's angry. Yeah, try me. What about, you've heard of contempt of Congress? What about contempt for Congress? The January 6th, why we're talking about this again, they're still dragging this damn thing out. Another January 6th hearing, pardon me. Um, what do you call it? Final report will be issued. And all day long, they're playing the highlights. Well, I've been playing some of the highlights myself, some of the lowlights, some of the most embarrassing things that ever happened on Capitol Hill. Uh, a guy named Gunnell, he's a Capitol Hill cop, and he has contempt for Congress. Listen to who the hell talks like this. Can you imagine a security guard at your office, you know, sits out front, 
just complaining about building tenants. They don't believe they don't belong here. Cut 30. We got people right now in front of the Justice Department asking to release some of the very same people to be released, even though we are testifying about the trauma and the agony, everything that happened to us. It's pathetic. And they shouldn't be elected official anymore. This is fascism, everybody. This is fascism. You got a uniformed officer, unelected, telling the world, and he's not being questioned. That our elected leaders should not be elected leaders. This, this, this is a big step toward fascism. And I feel so free, quite frankly, to not be beholden to the mainstream media sick swamp. We're like, oh, wow, that's a story of such bravery. Here's some more phony crap. Here's another guy. This is Harry Dunn. Remember him? Big fat cop Harry Dunn, phony, lying his ass off playing the race card. Cut 31. A torrent of racial epithets. One woman in a pink MAGA shirt yelled, you hear that, guys? This n- voted for Joe Biden. Then the crowd, perhaps around 20 people, joined in screaming, boo, f- No one had ever, ever called me a n- while wearing the uniform of a Capitol Police officer. And it didn't happen that day either, did it, Dunn? Did it, Harry? Didn't. How do I know? We're going to take his word for it? I've seen I've seen thousands of hours of footage now from January 6th. Body cams, GoVos, uh, GoPros, cell phone footage, security cameras. I've not seen anything about any N-word, have you? I've heard, the worst I've heard so far is, Nancy, oh, Nancy. <laughs> Remember that? That's as, about as intense as it got. And this guy is saying the N-word. He was called the N-word. I don't believe it. I don't believe it. In part because you guys have been exaggerating um, the injuries you sustained. It's another thing. This all adds up. Your lack of credibility, it adds up. Let me see here. Uh, cut 29. This is Officer Hodges and Officer Michael Fanone. Cut 29 man in front of me grabbed my baton that I still held in my hands, and in my current state, I was unable to retain my weapon. He bashed me in the head and face with it, rupturing my lip and adding additional injury to my skull. I had been beaten unconscious and remained so for more than four minutes. At the hospital, doctors told me that I had suffered a heart attack, and I was later diagnosed with a concussion, a traumatic brain injury, and post-traumatic stress disorder. Post-traumatic stress disorder. I think this guy had a screw loose way before January 6th. Now, how can I be so cavalier? How can I be so insensitive when I hear these stories? How can I be so, I mean, my God, Greg, whatever. I mean, these, these, they obviously went through something horrible. Well, they say that all that stuff happened to them on January 6th. I have photographs of these guys and video footage of interviews they conducted on January 15th, nine days later. Did you see it on my show last night, Newsmax? These guys were fit as fiddles. I had more complications from a tonsillectomy. They're totally fine. They're totally lying. This is a big, deep state plot to get Trump. Quite frankly, it's worked so far. 
but too many people are on to them, and you've, uh, you're messing with the wrong passenger here. I'll be right back. America, we are endowed by our creator with certain unalienable rights, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. At Grand Canyon University, we believe in equal opportunity, and the American dream starts with purpose. By honoring your career calling, you impact your family, your friends, and your community. The pursuit to serve others is yours. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Private, Christian, affordable. Visit gcu.edu. Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. All right. Um, once we got this January 6th stuff covered, then it's, uh, what's the other? Oh, yes, taxes. Donald Trump's taxes. A phony non-story, everybody. Um, but they've lost their mind. Do you remember the last time? Okay, so what happened? The House Ways and Means Committee they have this authority? They voted to have Donald Trump's tax returns released for uh, about seven years. I don't think it's anybody's business, quite frankly. Pardon me. Show me in the Constitution where it says anything other than a president has got to be 35 years old and born in the United States. Um, what's the other requirement? I think that's it, quite frankly. You don't have to, you don't have to turn over your tax uh, returns. Um, but they're very excited. Cut 18. 18. Yesterday was a criminal referral for insurrection. Today, it could be his taxes. Right now, another House committee is meeting behind closed doors, digging into the tax returns that Donald Trump spent years desperately trying to keep out of public view. The decision facing the Ways and Means Committee today has been years in the making, and it couldn't come at a worse time for Trump. Ah, you guys got him now, huh? What was that, Jake Tapper? Desperately trying to keep from public view. I don't know if it was desperate. I don't think he had to do anything desperate. Didn't have to do anything desperate. And guess what they're going to find out, what they found out earlier. Remember Rachel Maddow. We have the tax returns. We have the tax returns in our possession. Breaking news all day long. Tune in tonight, 10 o'clock, for Rachel Maddow unveils the tax returns. Turned out he made $100 million in one year, had to pay $40 million in taxes. I mean, it's just some people are saying, well, he didn't have to pay taxes last year. This is something he, quite frankly, was upfront about. He knows how to manipulate the tax system better than anybody else. You should be. That's why we hire accountants. Warren Buffett goes around complaining that his secretary pays more in taxes than he does. It's not us. It's the system. I'll be right back. Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Hey, I got it in my hands right here. Uh, this is the first time I'm holding my book. Uh, the Book Factory just sent me a whole bunch. Simon & Schuster is my publisher in the book, Justice for All, How the Left is Wrong About Law Enforcement by Greg Kelly. Uh, you can get it right now. Go to Amazon. Go to your local bookstore. Uh, actually, you won't be able to get it until January 10th, but you can uh, order it, and uh, I would appreciate it if you do because, number one, I think it's a – I think it's a good book that's going to move the needle. And a couple of things that I want to highlight for people who do not know it yet, and I'm going to, uh, I do go into extraordinary detail and make the case how Obama started a race war in this country to enhance his own personal power. And oh, by the way, uh, the left gets to impose ultimately a new world order on all of us. And how do they do that? They must take the cops out of the equation. There is a war on cops going on as well. 
I dispel so many myths about the January 6th situation. I talk about my dad an awful lot. My dad, one of the greatest law enforcement professionals in the history of the profession. Um, hey, you know something else in this book that I'm pretty proud of? Uh, the pictures. I Writing a book is... Writing a book can be drudgery. <laughs> it can be tough. Emily Dickinson, that great writer, right? She was um, interesting. Nobody knew about her until after she died. Emily Dickinson, I think she's the one who said, nobody likes writing, but everybody likes having written. Once you're done, it's uh, it's satisfying, okay? You look back, or editing can be actually kind of fun, but the writing part, that's hard. Uh, but having written and going back, that's fun. And also, I'll tell you what else is kind of fun. Picking the pictures for the books. And I, uh, I I went through and I was very carefully selected photos that I wanted to uh, just to make a point and to show people things that uh, they may not know. For instance, on the first page of photos, I have a picture of NYPD officers Rafael Ramos and Wenjin Liu, who were assassinated in 2014 by a black supremacist criminal who sought revenge for the deaths of Eric Garner and Michael Brown. I'm putting wings on pigs today, he wrote. A fascinating thing about their death, which has been ignored by the left, the left is responsible for it. For all the lies they were telling about cops, Bill de Blasio has blood on his hands. He inflamed the situation and he encouraged this maniac from Maryland to drive up and to kill these cops. Something else on page one of the photo section. Two officers who were ambushed all the way back in 1972. Officers Gregory Foster and Rocco Lurie, ambushed and murdered by members of the Black Liberation Army. Here's something that a lot of liberals don't understand about policing. Um, They have their own kind of prejudice in their heads about what cops look like and where they come from. And almost every time there's a mass shooting of cops... You'll see it's a reminder of just how diverse the police officers are. And uh, Gregory Foster happened to have been black. Rocco Lori uh, happened to be Italian-American. And I do remember seeing the photo in the newspaper, and it's on the next page, of their grieving widows. And I'll say it. Look, growing up, I was ta- I was, it, it made an impact, white and black, um, all shedding tears. The blood that spilled that day on that assassination was red. Then the next page, I have a picture of a of a moment in law enforcement history that's been overlooked, but it's a very, very significant one. When Dumbo Mayor Bill de Blasio and his publicity hog camera-seeking commissioner Bill Bratton hold up a huge bag of marijuana and proudly say, This is how much marijuana you're allowed to carry in the city. This set us back so far. The message was clear. You can smoke pot in in New York City and get away with it. Well, wait a second. The fine print of the laws. No, this was the message. A mayor and a police commissioner proudly displaying a bag, how much pot you can walk around with and not get arrested. We were already on a downward slide. And then it became a free fall. Another picture in the book. Do you remember the church across from the um, the White House, St. John's Church? It's known as the President's Chapel, I think. And there was a big Black Lives Matter protest, riot right in front of it. And the, the park police, the U.S. Park Police broke it up. And as they needed to, 
And the next day, Donald Trump is uh, goes across the street. And I think it was an excellent image, actually. Law and order will prevail. And what did Donald Trump do? He held up a Bible in front of a church. And do you remember how the mainstream just went totally nuts? It was the most disgusting thing they had ever seen. How could he do such a thing? And I just like, wait a second. I don't get it. He's holding up a Bible in front of a church, and you find this abhorrent? Go by Christ Church on Park Avenue right now. You know what they have? A gay pride flag. I find that abhorrent. I do. I don't find gay people abhorrent. I don't find straight people abhorrent. I find putting that symbology on the front of a church, I find that abhorrent. I also find it um, crazy that on the Black Lives Matter, uh, on that, that church right now has a Black Lives Matter banner. That's okay. A Bible's not okay, but Black Lives Matter, a socialist, um, pro-trans children, anti-family organization, proudly displayed on a church, their signage on a church. What else do I have here? Ah, yes, this is important to me. That these images were so glorified. Protesters in the faces of cops. In the Black Lives Matter moment, 2020, that somehow was seen as glorious. Remember? Yet January 6th was the worst thing that ever happened in the world. I got big uh, Harry Dunn, the cop there, fake crying. I have a picture of my father graduating from the police academy in 1966, being awarded the Bloomingdale's Trophy for valedictorian of his class. It's presented by the police commissioner at the time. And it's just an interesting picture. It was hanging in my dad's office for many years. I remember it. It's, I don't know, when I was in first grade seeing it. And the the police commissioner then seemed to be looking at my dad like, I don't know, with a with a certain respect and kind of like, it's just interesting. Two police commissioners and uh, in one picture, one present, one 40 years or so later would become the commissioner. And then a picture with my dad and Mayor Bloomberg, and it goes on and on and on. Oh, and one more that I really cherish here. Who remembers Officer Larry DePrimo? You may not know the name, but you probably remember the image. He didn't know the picture was being taken, but it's Times Square around Christmas back in 2012. Actually, I think it's um, January. It's just a really cold night. And this homeless guy doesn't have any shoes. And Officer DePrimo sees this. He goes into a footlocker, buys a pair of, sh- pair of shoes for him, and comes out. And a tourist uh, by the name of Jennifer Foster saw it, took a picture, went viral. And it's just a, it's a beautiful, tender moment. And I love it. I love it. So the book is available wherever books are sold. Uh, you'll get it delivered on or about January 10th. Okay. Uh, Pamela, how are you from Central Jersey? Oh, um, well, I'd be better if they weren't passing this omnibus uh, trying to pass it. It has uh, tons of pork in it. One of them is a federal building for Pelosi that we're going to pay for. And some kind of a trail or something, Michelle Obama trail. And also, we're going to give money to protect, like, four borders in uh, the Middle East and, and uh, two other countries. And, um, uh, but I wanted to remind you that Andy Biggs is going to do an interview with Bo Snurdly tomorrow at 4, and hopefully on your show pretty soon. 
Uh, you got to get to know him. Remember we talked yeah, about Yeah, I know, I know. I don't look, I, I like him, but I don't think he's going to be the speaker. I'm telling you, we're playing with fire here. If we don't get our act together, you know who's going to be the speaker? Hakeem Jeffries. It's going to be Hakeem. Yeah. Je- Pamela, I think you're wrong on this one. All right? Look, I entertained yeah. it myself. I'm no fan of Kevin McCarthy. We need somebody, and it ain't Andy Biggs. Yeah, but it, um, Mitch McConnell is, Hey, how uh, many years have you served in the Congress, Pamela? I'm sorry, but, you know, we're encouraging these people, and these idiots, some of them in Congress with their social media, all they want are more followers, tweets, whatever. It's one thing for me, you know, talk show hosts. These guys are lawmakers, and they're screwing around with the future of this country. And you know what? I may call into that show with Bo Snurdly, and I'm going to tell Andy Biggs to stand down. Because this is too this is too important to be messing with. We're going to get Hakeem Jeffries. We're going to get Fred Upton. You know who he is? He's a outgoing rhino from Michigan. If we aren't careful here, we're going to get one of those guys as Speaker of the House of Representatives. So I hope you're having fun with this stuff. Uh, you know that goes for all those people down there, and they're friends of mine, Matt Gates. I like these guys, but they're. They're screwing this one up big time. I I studied it. I looked at it. I didn't want Kevin McCarthy either. I was on the fence, but I get it. Reality has set in, Pamela. I don't want friends. I want somebody to run our country. Oh, that's that's quite a statement. Oh, that's really that's really powerful. That's real. That real. I'm really moved by that, Pamela. All right. You keep playing this game with Andy Biggs. All right. And I'm telling, I said that to be nice. I'm talking about Matt Gates. I'm talking about Bober. I'm talking about those people, okay? I do like them. But they're the ones, they're, they're on your side. They're pushing Andy Biggs. They're pushing all these ridiculous alternatives that are going to blow up in our face. I guarantee it. Bobby, you're in Maria. Hi, uh, you're in Manhattan, rather. Hi, Bobby. Hi. I just want to get the story straight. Like, last couple of days ago, I thought they passed all the stuff for January 6th, off to the DOJ. Now they're coming up with a whole new story. It's, it's out of their hands. Where are they going with this? <laughs> I, I I must admit I'm with you. I was a little – I thought they were done the other day. Oh, now they're re- releasing the full report. This is the report. This is the report to the American people. Um, yeah, they're just milking it, and they're, they're uh, stretching it out as long as possible, just like they did to get it all the way to the midterms, you know? Yeah. So, uh, hey, Bobby, good point. Uh, let's do, hey, Jamal from the Bronx, long time no speak. How are you? First of all, I'm calling you to say to you Happy New Year. I am not like other people to go back and forth on the past, January 6th. You're absolutely right on the speaker. Even I'm not on your side, you're absolutely right. But guess what? This is your party right now. Lunat- what happened? Wait, wait. What happened? Jamal, we... They're going to blow up to their face. Hey, you bro- They're going to blow up to their face. Blow All up. right? Hey, listen, I just got angry about it. You don't have to get angry about it. Let's face it. You want it to blow up in our face, Jamal. I know you. I know you. You don't want it. You don't want this thing to go our way. And that's okay. You're pulling for your side. I'm pulling for mine. Anyway, look, how are you? What are you doing for Christmas? Nothing. Celebrating with the family, you know, uh, we are, as you know, we're not Christians, so, but we celebrate Christmas and Happy New Year always because we live in this beautiful country. We all love this country like the way you love. I have the dearest respect for you and your team. 
I wish them the best of the holiday. I hope next year you forget about January 6th. Hold your side hostage for what they're going to do. All right? That's what I want from you. My best wishes to you, your extended family, your mom, your dad. God bless all of them. And we talk next year. Wonderful, Jamal. Wonderful. Hey, my book is available wherever books are sold. Um, and uh, should we send Jamal a book? Jamal, I'm going to put you on hold. I'm, I'm gonna, not buying I'm, it. I'm, I'm, <laughs> you know what? <laughs> Therefore, you don't get a book. I was going to send you a free book. I was going to send you a free book. I do not want it. <laughs> you don't want it. You know what, Jamal? You know what? My family buys it. I oh, good. It there That's you go. It. Your family. Your family. You could give it to them. All right, Jamal. Thanks for calling. And um, uh, would have been nice, a nice way to, you know, um, 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 oh, well. Uh, let's do one more. Patty in New Jersey. Hi, Patty. Hi. Hi. Gre- uh, Ke- Mr. Kelly, love your show. Um, there's three things that the president, you need to be to be become president. And one of them is not showing your taxes. You were right. Uh, the three things are you have to be 35. Mm-hmm. At least thirty-five. Be a natural-born citizen mm-hmm. and live in the United States for fourteen years. That's it. Mm-hmm. Why do people have to know who you sleep with, who you're going out with, all these personal things, your tax returns? I don't care. I just want to know if you could do the job. That's no. how I feel. Number two, you can't be born in Kenya, and you can't be born in Indonesia, and you can't be born in any other country. Uh, I'm just giving Obama a hard time because guess what? He, he was the master of that. He created an issue. What? And I'm pretty sure he was, who cares at this point? It's done. It's over. I do think he was born in, in, uh, Hawaii, but I do think that he wanted that to keep going. He thought it worked for him as an issue and he may have been right. Anyway, Patty, good points. And let's do one more Maria on, where are you? This is Maria from Franklin Square. Of course, of course. How are you? Good to hear from you again. Listen, first of all, I want to wish, before anything, you and your beautiful family, Buon Natale and Principa Anno Nuovo. And that means Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. Wonderful. Thank you. You too. And this is my, my what I'm mad about today. I just heard Lydia Rosanna on... Um, the news here on 77. Lydia who? Uh, Rosano. Lydia. Oh, Serrano. Yeah, Serrano, yeah. Uh-huh. Serrano, I'm sorry. Listen. What? I heard. Listen, I, or what? They're passing that bill, a $4,000, I mean $4,000 page, and one of the, the things in this bill is for us to give these countries like Jordan and Iran and all them. $400 million to help them with their borders? What about our borders? What about us? Damn straight. It's that big, fat omnibus. What do they call it? An omnibus package. Anyway, everything is in there. 4,000 pages long. Nobody knows what's in it. Nobody can read it. They give it to you Tuesday. It's got to pass on Thursday. This is not democracy. It's not supposed to work this way. It's crazy. It's insane. And I don't care at this point if they shut down the government. Shut it down. What the hell? Shut the damn thing down. It'll still work. We'll get by. They shut down every weekend, as uh, Levin points out, and every federal holiday, of which there are about 78, seems like a year. Anyway, Maria, anything else going on? What are you doing? Well, listen, I wanted, I tried calling you the whole month of December, 
because I really wanted to invite you to dinner, to a real Italian Christmas dinner. But I could never get through. But whenever you're available, you're welcome, you and your beautiful family. You come here, I'll make you some Italian dinner that you'll never forget. Uh, I appreciate it very much, Maria. I mean, practically, look, I work nights. What can I tell you? I work nights. Cook for you at the daytime. I'm retired. Uh, it's very kind of you. Um, well, let me see what I can do about that, huh? Think about this. You understand? What? You got to think about it. Uh, yeah, I'm thinking it logistically, it's very undoable. Well, let me tell you, it'll be an experience of your life. What's so special about having, I mean, it's, I know you're a good cook, but what, you know, I mean. To experience that fish dinner that the Italian people do on Christmas Eve. You know, believe it or not, I've had Italian food before. And I love it. I love it. I love it. Maria, I've just given you a hard time. It's so nice of you to offer, and you never know. Our paths will cross. It's really kind of you, and I know you're always supportive of my family. Hey, one other thing. Do you shop at the ShopRite in Franklin Square? Where do you go? I go to Stop and Shop on um, in Franklin Square, Hem- West Hempstead. Is that on? Uh, uh, that's on uh, Hempstead Turnpike. Yes, yes. I and know that, it. You know what? What did you ever hear of that restaurant Philomena's in in Franklin Square? Mm, no. Huh? You heard of Umberto's? Yes. Umberto's. Umberto's, but that's on that's uh, Jericho Turnpike. That's on uh, that's on the other side. Yeah, they're good too, but they don't cook like I do. Uh, I am a real, real old fashioned cook. Umberto's is cook. the place where I first had a square pizza. I was like, "What the hell is this?" And it's fantastic. I uh, hey Maria, I'm sorry, I'm late. I got to go. Merry Christmas and thank you. I'll be right back. If you own a vehicle with less than two hundred thousand miles and have an auto warranty about to expire or no warranty coverage at all, listen up. CarShield has a low-cost, month-to-month vehicle protection plan that covers more parts than ever. Visit carshield.com slash audio to find out how you could pay almost nothing for covered auto repairs. Drivers who activate this vehicle protection today will also receive free roadside assistance, free towing, and car rental options at no additional cost. Get your free quote today at carshield.com slash audio. That's carshield.com slash audio. Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. What I have here uh, is a copy of Donald Trump's tax returns. We have his federal tax return for one year, for 2005. I believe this is the only set of the president's federal taxes that reporters have ever gotten a hold of. Uh, What we have are these two pages, front and back. Um, And in terms of what's on here, let me give you the basics. Um, Aside from the numbers being large, uh, these pages are straightforward. He paid uh, $38 million, looks like $38 million in taxes. Uh, he took a big write-down of $103 million. More on that later. Uh, if you add up the lines for income, he made more than $150 million in that year. Mazel tov. Oh, shocking news, huh? <laughs> uh, Donald Trump, a very rich man, got richer. Okay, getting richer. I mean, it's like That's what they're finding out, these taxes. They finally got a... Copies of his returns, I guess that, that was a couple of years ago. The oh, uh, the, the, they got oh, 18, 19, 20. Oh, Donald Trump did not pay enough taxes, <laughs> but he's actually in the clear. Uh, what they hoped they would find is that Donald Trump was like worthless, all right, that it was you know, that he was broke. You know, it's not that 
He's a wealthy guy utilizing the tools that wealthy people use on uh, tax returns. And that's okay. That's America. He said up front, I know the tax code better than anybody. Anyway, better luck next time. I'll be right back. Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Uh, all right, so President Zelensky of Ukraine just arrived at the White House. Uh, not for nothing, but uh, <laughs> I know they're at war and all, but do they have any neckties in Ukraine? Uh, he, he looks like he works at the gas station. A Marine in dress uniform just opened the door for President Zelensky, and he comes out in overalls. Uh, I mean, look, if I got to meet Joe Biden, I would probably wear a tank top with some obscene slogan on it, you know, as a way to get my message across. Um, But that's just me. I'm not the president of a country. I think that uh, I'm not saying he's got to wear a tuxedo, but he's wearing a green shirt. I I don't I don't think that's enough. I know it was a hit. It's a hit. Help make him an international uh, superstar. But um I can look it up. There are all kinds of leaders of countries at war, um, but when they, they dress up a little bit for the peace talks, for the you know the conferences, I mean, look up those guys. Who met at Yalta? Who was there at Yalta? Let's see: Stalin, Churchill, and FDR. I think they all dressed up. <laughs> I'm, I'm, yeah, it's 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 I'm, I'm nitpicking. I'm, I'm sure, but I don't know. I, I, I something something. Um, Look, we gave the guy how many billions of dollars, and it's all fine. It's getting a little out of hand. It's getting a little out of hand. Um, I'm getting to the point where, you know what, this is Ukraine's problem. I'm sorry. You know, I, why isn't anyone talking about peace, brokering peace? It's all, I mean, I don't know. Big countries have been invading little countries since countries. Um did you see this? Have you heard about this? We all know about the drag queens and their some of them. Some drag queens are great. I like RuPaul. That guy's great. But uh, RuPaul is focused on the music and adults. But the drag queens who want to go to the schools and read to kids at libraries, that's uh, that's pretty weird. Listen to this in the New York Times. Listen to the way they characterize it. I do want to read this because the way they characterize it, they make you and me you know, the skeptics about this, they they make us feel like the freaks. Okay, we're the freaks. No, I think the freaks are the drag queens who want to hang around kids. Foes of drag queen story hours invade New York councilman's home. Tensions over the children's event escalated this week when two protesters were arrested for trespassing. All righty, this is the New York Times. Uh, protesters descended on the home and the office of a gay member of the New York City Council on Monday vandalizing the walls with homophobic graffiti and attacking one of his neighbors over his support for drag story hour events at local libraries. Now, there are a lot of inaccuracies inaccuracies there. Uh, they'll come they'll come through in a moment. The council member, Eric Botcher, documented the vandalism on social media, where he also shared a video of protesters screaming and banging on his office door. Another video showed them gathering outside his apartment building in Chelsea, a neighborhood with a large LGBTQ population. Let me see here. I I don't think they, well, drag story hour events have drawn an increasing number of protests and threats across the country in recent years, including a series of tense demonstrations in New York, a city known for its inclusivity over the last month. 
you, you see where they're going with this, right? We're the bad guys, those who have it. By the way, it's it's American. We can protest. We can protest. Nobody should be hurt, and I don't want anything vandalized. Um, but known for its inclusivity, you tell me. I'd like to look it up. Let's go back. Let's do a sociological experiment. Let's go back to the heyday of uh, when was New York at its wildest and at, at its most fun? 1975, maybe, right? Studio 54, when did that open? 76, 77? Anything went in New York big time, and people were celebrating people. You could meet people, and, you know, not everybody was buried in their phones. And it was a wild time, and the music was great. I'd like to I'd like to see where it was somehow considered mainstream. None of those people were hanging out with children. That's my point. And somehow that we don't think there should be contact between drag queens and kids. All right. Um, drag story hour events have drawn an increasing number of threats, blah, 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 including uh, the incident on Monday was the latest in a series of standoffs in New York over the drag events where costume performers read to children at libraries and community centers. Oh, that sounds so holistic. Costume performers read to children. Why the hell are they reading to children? Graffiti left at Mr. Botcher's home and office included the term groomer, a trope often used by anti-gay groups as well as conservative political and media figures. Actually, gays against groomers. Those people are heroes. They use the word groomers. They're all gay. This is not anti-gay. This is anti-hanging out with children that aren't your own. Wow. Groomer, a trope often used by anti-gay groups as well as conservative political and media figures. Hello. To falsely conflate homosexuality and pedophilia. Nobody's doing that, you moron. Two of the protesters were arrested on Monday for trespassing at Mr. Botcher's home, according to police. What the hell happened at the house? The idea that our children are being victimized at Drag Queen Story Hour was an unhinged right-wing conspiracy theory, Mr. Botcher said in an interview. No, it's not. We have the proof. It's actually happening. These people are hoping their tactics will silence us and intimidate us, he said. But the unfortunately for them, it is going to have the opposite effect. Our resolve is even more strengthened now. You're that much more committed to getting these drag queens into the schools around children. What a what a what a cause. Yeah. Wow. You can really rally the troops around that one. You freak. The protesters who did not respond to requests for comment via Instagram on Thursday also documented the incident in videos on their own social media accounts. None of the protesters identified themselves, but one said he was a gay man and another said she was a transgender woman. Again, a lot of the pushback against the drag queens in the schools is coming from all over the place. Straight people, gay people, trans people. It's for the adults, game on, 18 plus, whatever you want. But you don't get to hang around kids, especially, yes, especially if you're dressing up as another gender that you're not. Several of the protesters said they were angry at Mr. Botcher for criticizing their activism against the drag story hour, which they said was inappropriate for children. You think children as old as three and up. Do not belong in adult education, one protester said. Good for you, said on video as she stood in the hallway in front of Mr. Botcher's office. Where's the book about God or supporting law enforcement? Good for you. 
Drag Story Hour is a nonprofit organization based in New York City that has been organizing readings across the country since 2015. Oh, this is so, it's so established. It's like, it's like George Washington. It's just like, oh, how could we question Drag Story Hour? As the events became more popular, they were dogged by protests and featured in angry segments on Fox News. Hey, don't forget Newsmax and other conservative media, thank you, outlets that describe them as inappropriate for children. Recently, critics have ratcheted up the tenor of their attacks, describing the story hours as hunting grounds for pedophiles, which possibly inspired the protests against them, some of which have turned violent. This is what they try to do, right? If, it, if something becomes violent, then you got to go back to what the discussion was originally and somehow say that you can't talk about it because somebody somewhere stubbed their toe. Go to hell with that. There were at least 141 protests, attacks, or significant threats against drag events in the United States so far this year. According to a report published by GLAAD, an LGBTQ advocacy organization at the end of November. Well, when has GLAAD ever steered us wrong? Again, folks, this is not anti-gay. It's not even anti-trans. It's not anti. It's pro-children. Keep the kids the hell out of it. I got to have that woman on again. She's fantastic. Her name is Jamie. She's the founder of Gays Against Groomers. An amazing person from Wisconsin. She's a graphic designer. If she ever came over to my house, we'd have a lot to talk about other than her sexuality, which happens to be gay. So what? But it tells you something. It tells you something. It's Jonathan Hamlet, the co-founder of Drag Story Hour. Now, where the hell did you get that idea, bud? Said the events were meant to help children learn about the diversity of the world they live in and that opposition to them was rooted in homophobia and transphobia. Nope. You know, um... You need special training to uh, read the kids, don't you? What's the what is what does a drag queen have to do with literacy? We want kids to be free to be their most fabulous selves. You know what? Fabulous in this context is a loaded term. All right, fabulous. It's a it's it's loaded. You said performers for Drag Story Hour undergo background checks uh, at the county state and federal level. I'm sure they're really fastidious about that, don't you? Those who work in New York City also take a child safety course through the public library system. Yun He, what? Yun He Prophet, the executive director of the group's New York City chapter, said it held 244 events in the, in the city last year. Something this organized, this prolonged, this prolific, for what? What a modest goal. You start a nonprofit, you want to do something. You want to accomplish something. You want to teach kids to swim. I don't know. You want to serve meals to old people. Um, you want to read to kids to promote what? Accepting your most fabulous self? That's uh, that's very flaky. Last Saturday, protesters got – I got to find these protesters and join them. That's what I want to do. I want to find these people on social media and show up. At Eric Botcher's office, although that was he wants, he, this is exactly what he wants. He wants more attention. So we'll just call him Eric B. Eric B. You know, these swine like Eric B, given the city and the small kind of small time political culture it's become, these idiots, he's on track to be mayor. You know, we don't have great people vying for these positions anymore. We have Eric Adams. 
<laughs> we have Catherine Garcia. We have uh, Maya Wiley. Right? He said performers for Drag Hour undergo background checks. Yeah, right. Last Saturday, protesters gathered outside a Drag Story Hour event at a library in Chelsea. When the reading concluded, the protesters chased the drag artist down the block and surrounded the performer's car, preventing the car from leaving until the protest had been dispersed by police officers. Hey, I remember in 2020 they were throwing Molotov cocktails at cop cars. This doesn't sound that bad to me. It just doesn't. And people do get their back up against the wall when you start messing with their kids. Ms. Prophet said all that. A similar protest was held outside the Staten Island Children's Museum. Oh, yeah, good luck with this crap in Staten Island. This is happening to you in Chelsea? What are they going to do with Staten Island? A group believed to be behind many of the protests in New York shared videos of Monday's incident on social media. I've got some of them. We're actually we're turning them around right now. Unfortunately, everyone's cursing. Their, it's ready to go? Oh, all right. Hit it. All right. Somebody took it from their window. It's not the most compelling clip. All right. Uh, Let me wrap this up. A group believed to be behind many of the protests uh, shared the videos. The group called the Guardians of Divinity, a far-right organization, Got it. Start opposing pandemic era vaccine and mask mandates. Who the hell are they to say guardians of divinity, which I've never heard before, is far right. You're not far right. If you want if you want to say that kids should not be hanging around drag queens at schools or libraries, that's not far right. That's human. That's adult. That's mature. That's sane. The Guardians of Divinity have shown up at several drag hour events in Jackson Heights, Queens, and they also disrupted a community forum in Astoria hosted by Congresswoman Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. Ms. Prophet said the police are now showing up at many of her organization's events. The incident on Monday began in the afternoon outside the office. I mean, it goes on and on and on. Uh, oh, ooh, listen to this. In one video, Mr. Botcher posted on Twitter... Uh, protesters can be heard telling him to read the Bible. How come you don't have police officers reading to the kids? How come you don't have firefighters reading to the kids? One protester can be heard yelling. Are you grooming them, Eric? Are you trying to sexualize children, Eric? Great questions. Mr. Botcher then went to a menorah lighting ceremony at a congregation at a congregation, at a synagogue nearby. When I got out of the service, I looked at my phone. I had all these missed calls from my neighbors. I immediately knew that they were at my home. He rushed to his apartment to find police tape, uh, the building itself. The building itself and the sidewalk outside were covered in homophobic graffiti. A group of protesters had entered the building and were confronted by the super who called the police. I told you they didn't touch his house. It was all on the sidewalk. It was all on the outside. It's all fake news. These people, the Guardians of Divinity, give me a call. I want to talk to you. You sound great. I'll be back. 
Hi, it's Ernie Anastas. You know, your thoughts can affect how you feel, and how you feel can impact your thoughts. Addressing your mind and body connection is the key to improving your overall wellness. Bergen Newbridge Medical Center is the largest hospital in New Jersey, providing comprehensive, equitable, compassionate, and high-quality emergency inpatient and outpatient medical care, plus mental health services and substance use disorder treatment. The Bergen Newbridge team can address your total health needs in one convenient location. Call 201-225-7130 for an appointment or newbridgehealth.org. Greg Kelly Kelly. on the Red Apple Podcast Network. You know, I know they tell me he's not the president anymore. (laughs) Donald Trump, it's all about him. I counted it up the other night, uh, the references to uh, Joe Biden versus Donald Trump. There are about um, 50% more references to Donald Trump on the news than Joe Biden. It's kind of uh, striking. It really is wild. And right now on the news, it's all about January 6th. It's, now it's all about uh, Trump's taxes. Hey, going back to this, um, these drag queens who want to hang around kids, um, it's bad news. And the New York Times, you guys, you anti-semi-sire over the New York Times, that little farce you pulled the other day, the swastika and the damned crossword puzzle. I mean, we knew that your coverage was anti-Israel. And we saw that. But this, man, you really just hate Jewish people, don't you? You really do. This was deliberate, obviously, and it seems like you hate our culture, our Judeo-Christian culture in general, wanting to hang around with kids and trying to portray anybody who is opposed to uh, drag time story hour as a right-wing maniac. And I knew it, you little slime at the New York Times. Liam, is that your name, who wrote about Congress uh, Councilman B? The big headline is, his home was vandalized. Wow. What did they do? They break in and ransack the bedroom? Nope. I knew it. I knew it wasn't going to turn out that way. I just knew it. And sure enough, here we go. Here, Here's the part about the um, – so he gets a text messages, uh, Councilman B. He was worried about his house. Listen to what happens next. He rushed to his apartment to find police tape stretched across the entrance to the building. The building itself and the sidewalk outside were covered in homophobic graffiti, he said. He said. A group of protesters had entered the building and were confronted by the super who called the police. Now, notice it doesn't say what the anti, uh, the homophobic graffiti was. Just homophobic graffiti. No, again, they didn't ransack his bedroom. It was outside the house. Now, did they use the F word? No, obviously not. That would be news. Did they, what did they say? Groomer. That's not, that's not anti, uh, That's not anti-gay. That's anti-groomer. Listen to what George Henderson went through, though. (gasps) He was walking his dog. He saw six people enter the building. Mr. Henderson said he engaged with the protesters, shouting at them to go home. One guy was threatening me, pointing his finger at me with a cigarette in his hand. He said he scraped his knee as a result. One of the protesters came out and pushed me into a car. And that's the end of the story. Be back. Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Let me just get this tweet out. Hey, by the way, I'm at 700,000 Twitter followers as of last night. That's uh, pretty damn good for somebody who let that account languish for years. I really only got active uh, relatively recently. Okay, I know he's at war and everything, but President Z should have packed a necktie. Granted, if I met Joe Biden, I'd probably wear a let's go Brandon tank top. That's good. Let's go Brandon tank top. But that's just me. <laughs> that's uh, that's pretty good. All right. So right now, President Z 
is uh, with the POTUS. Can we turn that up? If one, once, once we got the audio, I'd like to uh, do that. And let's take a call or two. Uh, Sal in Long Island. Yes, hi, Sal. Hey, how are you, Greg? Thanks. Listen, between here and Newsmax, I never miss a show. Thank you. And I'm the most loyal listener out there, and you offer a freaking Jamal, a, a, a free book. Well, I take it right back. I don't actually offer anybody a book. you got to buy it, all right? Listen, I'm trying to make I'm a, going I'm, to. I'm going to pay for if you send me a signed book or if you let me know where you're going to be signing a book. I'm going to. Hey, listen, all these conditions, all these conditions for you to buy a book. Here I am working my ass off. You want you. I got to sign it, meet you. Uh, Come on. Do me a favor. Help me out here. All right. I'm trying to make a buck and I want to make a difference. I want to move the uh, needle. So buy the book and sooner or later, one of these days, we'll make sure it's signed. Hey, I'm going to tell you this. uh, Thousands of them, if you buy a regular book. Uh, on Amazon and some of the bookstores out there, it's already signed. I signed uh, like a thousand of them. I just signed and signed and signed. And I, what they did was, I signed stickers and then they put the stickers inside the book. So anyway, Sal, I appreciate it. The book is available um, right now for pre-order, but it's basically here. I'm holding a copy of it in my hand. Justice for all. How the left is wrong about law enforcement, and uh, we. Uh, Go into great detail about this hideous race war, totally unnecessary, and how the left is committed to eradicating law enforcement so they can impose their sick world order on all of us, new world order. So, Sal, I appreciate it. With that, um, you're going to order the book, right? I will I will order the book, yes. Oh, definitely I will order one. But, but if you have a listeners in your show, there are 99%. Trump haters, what makes you? That's Sid Rosenberg. He's a Trump hater. Is he? Yes. Oh. Oh. I'm sorry to hear that. That's it. And I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. Glad I took, I, I, I'm glad I let that out. I, <laughs> I, know, I know I've jumped down your throat every time you mention Sid. Hey, it's a free country. He's, he's, allowed to, he's allowed to. Hey, are we ready with this? No? All right. All right. We'll see what you can do because Zelensky yeah. is at the way. Anyway, Sal, how's everything else? Good? Everything else is beautiful. You know, life is great. I'm working hard, and I have everything that I need. So that's it. All right, buddy. I appreciate it very much, and we will make sure you get a signed copy one of these days, one way or the other. But thanks for buying the book. Uh, Keith, Keith in New Rochelle. Hi. How's it going, Greg? Hey, how's it going, Greg? Uh, good. I, you Greg. sound like I'm on the speaker, and the phone is on the other side of the house. Can you uh, – Say something. I didn't. Greg, oh, you sound much better. Now. Thank you. The phone in the same room that you're in. All right. Uh, <laughs> What's great up? Job. Thank uh, you. Your book is coming out. When is your book coming out? Uh, January 10th, but you can order it right now, and it's basically you might even get it a little bit earlier than January 10th. I got a copy of it right here, be on shelves uh, the 10th of January, and uh, you can order it at your bookstore, Amazon. And uh, this is going to hopefully make a difference. I think it will. And I have some real, you know, a lot of these books, they end weak. You know, they start off really strong. I think my book starts off really strong uh, and it maintains and it ends is a crescendo. So I think you're going to like it anyway. uh, I take it with your questions. You're going to buy one, right? Oh, of course I am. And plus, you have one of the most unbelievable figures in in the history of New York City, and all of the country in your book, your father. The rest of the country should read that book and find out about your father, Raymond. 
That's the only reason why I voted for Curtis when I was living in the city was because I felt your father would have a big influence in his administration. Let's face it, you want to run a police force and get the city under order with crime, you bring in Raymond Kelly, that's for sure. But I just wanted to say, um, plus, if you want, I'll make an appearance. You should do a book signing and have your show at the All book right. signing. All right, Keith, I'll try that. Keith, Keith, are you the guy? You're always – all right, thanks for calling, Keith. Uh, what's your real name? You never told me your real name. Because if I – listen, you're, you come from an investigative family. You know how to dig into this I'm stuff. not going to – I'm not going to, but I just – you know, I, I love it. Yeah, Keith from you. New Rochelle, you're Barry from Brunswick. I mean, you're just always – you know, anyway. All right, all right. Well, listen, what? Why not? Listen, if I give my real name uh, – listen, the other day – Well, what is it about I, I you? What happened? What? What? Why are you avoiding uh, the people? What, 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 what is it about you? Well, the other day I mentioned McDonald's and the host went crazy. I mean, come on, man, because <laughs> it was because it was me. And and the uh, a lot of hosts will break into a cold sweat if I use my name. And so it's better off to keep it a calm situation. All right, I don't know what's wrong with mentioning McDonald's, but uh, what's it? Uh, what else did you do? Apparently, the host didn't like McDonald's. But uh, Bob Grant once called me an ambush caller, so I said, you know what? I'm not going to use my regular name no more. The audience loves me. You want me to make an appearance? The audience loves me. Just ask me. <laughs> All right, Keith. <laughs> Keith, thank you very much. Buy the book, and uh, I appreciate it. Uh, let's see. Uh, am I talking? What the hell? Uh, Louise is in New Jersey. Hello. Yes, first of all, I just want to say, if you wear a tank top when you meet the president, they may have you reading in the library. <laughs> <laughs> what about, don't forget a Let's Go Brandon tank top, huh? No, I know I know what you said. First of all, it's a public library, and I said, I don't like our taxpayers' dollars spread like that. And if these people have headquarters, make an offer there to have these children come there at their will, not to surprise them when they get there. That's outrageous. And also, please look at the budget. It's out. They're having a, a walkway or a park for Michelle Obama. What the hell did that ever happen? Yeah. And they have all these things for the LGBT community, right and left, right and left. I know. I know. Page. It's four thousand pages. It's, Look, I will say this: all these, all these stupid omnibus bills passed at the last second. This has been happening under Democrats, Republicans for decades now. They, I mean, actually, how many years has it been going on? A long time. These omnibus things, very ominous. These omnibus things. And, yes, I can do that. I'll go through it. I will have to point out, though, it happens under Republicans as well. It it does all the time. And uh, it's it's almost, I don't know, a lot of things get my Irish up, Louise. A lot of things do. But these omnibus bills, because everybody else gets their Irish up. I don't know what, do you need me to get to join the, to join it? I don't know. Mitch McConnell pushes back on nothing. He's a snake. Uh, that's true. Mitch McConnell. Well, you know what he does push back on? He pushes well, back on the complete – excuse, excuse me. I'm speaking of the quality did. candidates and lack thereof. President Trump can never be president again. All right, Louise, very intense as usual. I appreciate it very much. I will take a look at that on-the-bus thingamajig. Uh, let's do uh, another one. Joyce in Rockland. Hi. Hi, Greg. I'm sorry. I started laughing. I, I just can't hold it in anymore. <laughs> uh, but I was very serious, though, when I called to the talk uh, the screener. Um, this omnibus bill hasn't got one penny for the border. It's got billions of dollars, $1.7 trillion. It's got billions of dollars there for the border of Jordan and a bunch of other Michigan countries in the Middle East. Not one penny for our border. 
Now, something's got to be done. Why aren't they putting into place the remain in Mexico? Uh, yeah, I know. Uh, I can't think of the <laughs> that President Trump put in place. Why aren't they doing that? They never followed through with Title 42. Who are they kidding? Well, no, they want, they you know, they, they want to throw the border away. They actually want oh, it. I know that. Uh, they but we're w- letting them. We have to do something. I don't care if we have to march through the streets at this point. And I broke my ribs. But just remember, I'm- the Remain in Mexico thing is technically, I believe, still still uh, there because um, a federal judge in Texas, I think it was Texas, said, uh, yeah, no, we, you can't suspend this thing yet. You can't suspend it. There are too many... It gets complicated, but it's still there. I, I don't think that would be in the omnibus, but uh, anyway, look, I can only be fired up about so many things at, at one time. And don't get me wrong, I am. Hey, Joyce, tell me something about you, though. Tell me something about, uh, you know, I don't know, where do you come from? And uh... I'm originally from the Bronx. I'm Catholic. I'm uh, 78 years old. I look like Liz Taylor. It's, I'm 50, I look 55, but I'm 78. I, but I just broke my ribs. <laughs> oh, how'd you do that? I... Got up in the middle of the night and crashed into the table in my bedroom, and it went flying. Yikes. So yeah. sorry. But I like the look. I can think. I can, yeah, Liz well, Taylor yeah, at 55. Can I ask you something? How are you processing this thing with Father Frank Pavone? You're a Catholic. I'm a Catholic. Uh, i got to yeah. say. I, I think it's outrageous. I never cared for this pope to begin with, Pope Francis. Uh, I think it's outrageous. So here's the thing that I'm getting at. Um and I, I I agree with you, but I'm always like I feel like I'm on thin ice when I start talking about the Pope. You know what I mean? Like, uh, you know, I don't know. Like he's supposed to be. Remember, like the infallibility of the Pope and all that stuff. Um, I, I guess uh, I guess he threw that out the window. And you know who helped, by the way? Remember when Trump said, you know, this Pope doesn't know what he's talking about. Do you remember that? Yes. That was pretty wild. I don't know. Don't you remember growing up? I mean, there was an episode of Archie Bunker about this that I think Maud said that the Pope was infallible, and uh, which they used to teach, right? Yes, they did in, school, in Catholic school. Yes. Yeah, but now we've uh, we know better. I mean, I'm sorry, but uh, you know, I don't think it says well, he anything. Was a bouncer about... before he was Pope. He was a what? Bouncer. What do you mean by that? A bouncer in a bar. I kid you not, Greg. Pope Francis. Yes, I don't have technology. That's why I can't get your book, by the way. But I Well, what do you mean by that? Wait, 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 wait. He was a bouncer. What do you mean you don't have technology? You can't get my book. I don't book? have the I I don't have te- the iPhone smartphone. Just go to the bookstore. I can't. I'm disabled. Just the big, the broken rib? Broken ribs, but I also used to be a nurse and I hurt my back. All right, so pain. wait a second. How do you get your gro- How you get groceries, right? Yes. All right. Do me a favor. Call the bookstore. Tell them what you want, and they'll deliver it for you in the mail. I hope they'll do that these days. <laughs> yes, they will. Is there any way you can look up on, because I know you have technology, you'll see that Pope Francis was a bouncer. Pope Francis. Pope Francis. Bouncer. I... You know, he we say share the same birthday, by the way, the Pope and I, December 17th. Best. Oh. All right. Hold on a second. F- fact check. Was Pope Francis once a nightclub bouncer? Uh, yeah, there's a bunch of articles on this. Pope Francis left Vatican City and arrived in Iraq on Friday for a three-day pilgrimage. Blah, 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 blah. Uh, the claim. Uh, the Twitter account titled Fact that tweets various facts throughout the day wrote Thursday that Pope Francis used to be a nightclub bouncer 
and a post that gained a lot of traction. Da, 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 da. Before Pope Francis, 84, assumed his holy title as leader of the Roman Catholic Church in 2013, he was known by his name, Jorge Mario Bergoglio. When he first became the Pope from South America, just tell me if he was a bouncer or not. Pope Francis used to work as a former night. Wait. Pope Francis used to work as a former nightclub bouncer in the city of his birthplace, Buenos Aires, Argentina. Hey, by the way, that's terrible writing. Pope Francis used to work as a former nightclub bouncer? His job was former nightclub bouncer? You see what I mean? I can't stand it when that happens. The fact that was... um, I still can't tell if it's a 1,000% true. All right. Deserves further investigation, but it's fascinating. Joyce, you're not off the hook. You can call. You got a phone. You called the radio station. Your voice is all over the place right now. You can figure out a way to get the book. Uh, I'll try. Well, I'll call if they'll send it to me, but, you know, people don't, don't. It's, you know, I'm older. Uh, I, hey, I think you know what? You're not You're not 105. You're 75, okay? Come on. You're younger than Trump. You're five years younger than Biden. You can do this, Joyce. You can do this. I, I wish I would. Him. What? I I can't say the word hate, but I despise the man. I know what you mean. I, you know what? I've uh, rationalized that myself, actually. I, 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 I despise him. Mm-hmm. I, I intensely dislike him. But you know what? At the same time, I love him. I love everybody. I really do. I don't have to like everybody, but he's here for some reason. Something God can make all this work out. Do you believe that, he Joyce? President Trump <laughs> fulfill his calling. That's what he's here for. You, you, exactly. you know what? We never would have had Trump without Obama. You know what I mean? Yeah. So uh, uh, I like that. I don't like everybody, but I love everybody. Think about it, Joyce, and thank you for no, ordering. I don't wish bad on anyone. I got to run, and thank you for ordering the book in advance. I'll be right back. Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Hey, tonight, um, just so much more obvious to me. These guys have been bragging about it, the FBI director, the CIA director, bragging and admitting to how they sabotage, tried to sabotage Donald Trump. Now, something that I learned just, uh, quite frankly, this morning, January 6th, 2017, President Trump is the president-elect of the United States, and he's two weeks away from Inauguration Day. That's the first time he meets the director of national intelligence, the CIA director, and the FBI director. The first time they go up. And you know why they went to go see him? So they could brief him on Russia efforts to undermine the election. Meddling of Russia. Nothing about ISIS. Nothing about uh, Al-Qaeda. It's all Russian meddling in the election. And the dossier. It's interesting. Why do they wait all the way till January? Well, so they can build that case, that trumped-up case. You know, when uh, Obama became president-elect in November of 2008, you know, when all those guys went to see him, the CIA director, the FBI director, the director of national intelligence, two days later, November, in November, and I just, I never really was able to piece that together until I'm listening to um, John Brennan's book and Jim Comey's book. And here's something else about these guys. You know what really motivates them? You know what they brag about in the entire book? The armored SUVs they get to ride around in. Reference after reference to their bodyguards, the armored SUVs and uh, the bodyguards. And it's just like it's it's why they do the job. It's why they want the job for the perks, 
for the perks. It's pretty wild. I'm going to do something tonight. I, I think it's going to be pretty impressive. It's going to be powerful. I could read my, you could read my father's memoir. I'm the second Kelly family member to write a book, by the way. My dad's book, Vigilance, His Life Protecting New York, came out in 2015. Great book. And uh, he doesn't talk about uh, the perks of the job. He doesn't like, that's not why he was in it. And he talks about the challenges at work and the adventure and all the stuff that happened that would be of interest. But do you want to read about how he got, you know, in, in and out of a car? I, I just, I can't, it's really fascinating to me. Uh, Jim Comey was later portrayed by Jeff Bridges in a movie. Um, Ron Klain, chief of staff to Joe Biden, was portrayed by Kevin Spacey in a movie. A-list actors. Money, fame, status. That's what these people are out for. I got to run in a minute. I got the Newsmax show across the street. Norman in Brooklyn. Hello. Hello, Greg. Um, Hey, it's you. You're the personal trainer, right? Yes, I am. Uh, Shoot, I was supposed to follow up with you. I'm sorry I didn't do that. Um, No worries, Greg. uh, I I was at this thing. Please do, though. Um, I was uh, at that thing on Monday, the the protest in front of uh, Eric Bocher's offices, which, uh, unfortunately, I missed that one by about five minutes. But then I joined up with my friends. Uh, who call themselves the G.O.D. and um, Guardians of Divinity. And I um, went with them to the next protest, which was in front of his apartment building. Um, the His neighbors were not nice and friendly. Uh, they attacked uh, that person. So, Norman, let me just ask you this, because I don't have much time. So, wait, the New York Times totally got that story wrong, right? Yes. Completely. All right, Norman. Hey, do me a favor, and Rich, do me a favor. As soon as you get this, give it to me, okay? Norman, I got to put you on hold because I do want to close the loop on this. I, I, uh, we, we got to talk. All right, Norman, don't go away. You and, got it. All right, bye. Uh, let's do Mike real quick. Mike. Hey, Greg. Hi, pal. Uh, love your show. I bought your book. I work for your dad. I got to tell you, your dad ripped my ass apart one day. There what what'd you do? What'd you do off. wrong? I knew you, you did something no, wrong. There were two cops, two cops sleeping in a car. I was on a homicide. Yeah. Calls me to the scene and the dispatcher says, meet the PC at this location. I'm like, excuse me? Yeah, the PC wants to meet you. Yeah. So I calm down, rips me apart. Yeah. And I said, commissioner, I'm covering two commands. I said, I'm on a homicide. Okay, and I was so you just. All right, and, and, and. His dad was great. Three weeks later, he calls me, calls the command. They make a thing in the telephone message log, have him come up to Police Plaza. He was wonderful. How did he go from really mad to, and by the way, when he was really mad, he wasn't yelling, right? No, no, no. It's interesting, all, interesting technique I, he has, I, right? I, He's very intense, but he does. Word, you know the word cooping. No. They were sleeping. Yeah, yeah. And I was on covering two commands. And I came down. I said, sir, I'm on a homicide. I'm covering two precincts. All right, so you guys made nice. And you made, you made, it all made, you know. He was great. I'll tell you, your dad was an honor to work for. Well, Mike, I appreciate that very much, uh, very, very much. And I'll pass it on to him. Keep it t- Thanks for buying the book. Oh, Barbara, our final word from Barbara, our philosopher on Long Island. Yes. 
Well, it's not my philosophy, but it is it is yours and it's Thomas Jefferson's. When you keep telling us, your listeners. Oh, Barbara, to be continued, I apologize. I'll see you tonight. Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. This is Greg Kelly for Priority Gold. What does it mean to be America's precious metals dealer? It means that you're in touch with the hearts and minds of those who love this country, value our freedom, and want to protect the future. Priority Gold is that precious metals dealer. They've helped thousands of Americans back their retirement with solid gold and silver. Call Priority Gold at 888-506-6439. Receive free shipping, free storage, a free investment guide, and one of the best purchase experiences in the industry. Call now or go to PriorityGold.com.